Hello and welcome to the Life Unscripted podcast, the podcast that invites you to break free from the ordinary and embrace the extraordinary journey of self-discovery and empowerment. Join us as we dive deep into conversations with experts, thought leaders and real people, sharing their insights, stories and practical tips to help you navigate life's challenges and seize its opportunities. So whether you're tuning in during your morning commute, your daily workout or your quiet moments of reflection, get ready to embark on an incredible journey of self-discovery and transformation. Go and hit that subscribe button to never miss an episode and join us as we create lives that are authentically ours, unscripted and limitless. This is Life Unscripted and your story starts now. This was a very sensitive, emotional and inspiring podcast to have with such a young wife and mother. Please donate anything you can to her charity and I hope you enjoy listening and take something from this today. Victoria, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, Can you introduce yourself to me and everyone listening, please? Yep, so I'm Victoria, known as Tor. Um, I am a wife, a mum and a business owner. And you're actually the first woman on this podcast. Oh, exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have a, a female instead I feel of just privileged. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, um, I've been updated on your story by my partner and I have reread through it this morning. It's very inspiring and I actually, you know, yeah, I, I feel emotional now, to be honest. Um, yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I've... Um, I've got a story, that's for sure. <laughs> you have, yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, just looking through it, just it's, it's, the emotion was, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm struggling now. Um, I'm going to get onto this first, as it's a beautiful story. Um, tell me about the feeling you had when you found out you were pregnant, after basically being told um, you would be infertile. Yeah, so um, I have a, a long history of cancer, which we'll probably get onto. Um, and I was told that through all the treatment that I had that I would be infertile and that I would wouldn't be able to have children um, obviously at the time I was so young I was 28 when mm. I was first diagnosed with breast cancer and they said that the chemotherapy would most certainly make me infertile we we went through uh, fertility we tried to freeze my eggs but it wasn't possible um, it was quite complicated procedure and the way in which they retrieve your eggs is that they um, put estrogen into your body and my breast cancer was estrogen receptive so if I was to go down that process of freezing my eggs I would have effectively been feeding my cancer so that wasn't an option for me um, so it was it was very very hard um, being so young and being told that you couldn't have children when you so desperately want children. Um, but yeah, fast forward, that was 2015 when I was first diagnosed and fast forward into 2019 to answer your question. Uh, when I found out that I was pregnant, it was a complete surprise um, and just a complete miracle. And now I'm getting emotional. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't planned. I'd, I'd come off treatment. I'd had a treatment break to get married. I didn't want to be on treatment whilst I was, um, you know, having this wedding because I just wanted to be, you know, cancer-free, treatment-free. And it was, yeah, it was just the perfect time. Um, I got married and shortly after the wedding, I found out I was pregnant. I was actually pregnant at the wedding, but didn't know. 
and yeah I remember that moment so vividly and I remember doing the pregnancy test well just before we got the pregnancy test Joe my husband was joking that I'd had lots of um, symptoms of being pregnant and you know we were both laughing about it thinking oh you know we wish sort of thing and then we were both kind of like oh shall we do a pregnancy test oh I could be pregnant you know and then when when you see that pregnancy test go positive it was just overwhelming emotion and uh, I just if I could bottle that moment it was just the best moment of my entire life um yeah and we did three pregnancy tests just to double check. <laughs> I, can, I, I can imagine that. I mean, I mean, I don't even know if you know the odds. Basically, you was told you was infertile, so you knew, yeah. like you say, you didn't expect it, and it, that just must have been, yeah. I can't, well, I can't even. I bet you can't even explain that. Yeah, feeling. I just, just yeah. can't explain it. And I just, I just felt so incredibly lucky. Yeah. And she is literally a, a little miracle. Yeah. Um. So it's my Isla. I know you have an yeah, Isla as well. Yeah, yeah. Best name. It is. <laughs> um. So yeah, Isla is four now. Um, so yeah, I I managed to have a baby. I was going to ask you about your daughter. Tell me the impact she has on you. Oh gosh, the impact she has on me. Everything I do is for her. Yeah. <laughs> um, she is literally my miracle baby, and she's so precious. And I know everybody says that about their child, but you know she really is, and she she just makes me be the best I can for her. Everything I do is for her. Um, and yeah, I just feel so incredibly lucky to yeah. be able to be a mum. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have that purpose, and your purpose is your daughter. The reason why yeah. you get out of bed every day, and and yeah. I know I'm sure you have days when you do struggle, but that's the little reason why that gives you that extra little push. I'm sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So initially, you was cancer free. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So then, um, initially, initially diagnosed 2015 and by 20, well, I had all my treatment, um, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, um, operations, mastectomy. I had, you know, the full shebang of cancer treatment and then I was on a, a hormone treatment uh, for five years, which I stopped after two years to get married and then obviously have my miracle baby girl and I was at that time cancer free uh 2019 Isla was born I went back on the hormone treatment um and then yeah unfortunately got re-diagnosed there's always a risk of it coming back when you've had a cancer diagnosis um my diagnosis was pretty bad I was stage three when I was first diagnosed found a 90 millimeter tumor in my left breast and as I say, I had the mastectomy, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, and then I was effectively cancer-free. Um, in 2021, uh, it was actually in 2020, I had a reconstruction. Uh, so I had an operation to uh, get a, a boob. Mm. And there was lots of complications with that. It failed. Um, it's very complicated. And I experienced extreme pain after that. Um, I just thought that it was the operation. I thought that the expander that I'd had put in to, to stretch the skin to form the new breast had, had failed and caused me pain. And it wasn't until 2021, you know, I was probably in this pain for three or four months. Um, it wasn't until I got, I was 
in Essex, then in Leicester, then got referred back to Northampton Hospital. And it wasn't until one of the surgeons said, you shouldn't be in this much pain from a reconstruction. It's a fairly simple operation. Um, we need to do some investigation. So I had lots of scans, nothing came up. And I got to the point where I begged the surgeon to take out the expander. It was in so much pain. And, you know, I'd had a nine pound baby with no mm. pain relief. I like to think my pain <laughs> threshold is quite high. Um, and he said, okay, we'll, we'll send you for a bone scan. He said, I'm, his words were, I'm 99% sure it will come back clear, but I just need to tick the box. So you've had all the scans, you know, I'd had CT scan, ultrasound, everything, MRI. And he said, let's send you for a bone scan and then we'll get you booked in to remove the expander. So I was, I was even booked in for the operation. And I remember going back to see him um, for the, just a routine, you know, pre-op appointment because I was booked in. And he said, we've got your results for your bone scan. And I remember just walking into that room and there was a Macmillan nurse there and I knew it was bad. Mm-hmm. And Joe wasn't with me at the time because we thought it was just a routine appointment. And um, he said, you need to get your husband on the phone. Um, and that was when they he gave us the news that was just even more devastating than the first time round. I think even more so because I now have Isla. And he said, the cancer is back and it's bad. It's in your bones. So the cancer is now in my sternum, pelvis and hip. So I'm now classed as secondary breast cancer because the cancer has now spread to other parts of the body. How do you stay positive (laughs) other than your daughter? How do you stay positive? Um, I think I've been through a lot and I think it's taken me a long time to be able to talk about my story to people and it's, you know, it's taken me about seven or eight years to be able to talk about my story and to be able to help other people and that's what I'm I'm doing in this journey at, at present time and yeah I think I just got to the point where I thought to myself I could easily be woe me why me you know be angry sad upset I've had all those emotions or I can turn this into a positive and I can live with the cards I've been dealt I've been dealt them for a reason and this is my time to turn it into a positive help other people and live the best life I can I can't change what I've been dealt and I think that you have to make every situation into a positive otherwise I don't think I'd be here no you can just let it swallow you up and yeah but then you you know it's nice that you can educate other other people going through the same situation as you and, and be supportive rock for them you know and that must give you satisfaction from it you know are there any steps that you take to help the knock-on effect of chemotherapy and radiation therapy um so the treatment that i'm on at the moment um i'm on quite a good regime where i know what i'm having when i'm having it how i'm going to feel and you know i've i kind of know how to deal with that now um and i think the biggest thing that's helped me is exercise getting into exercise and fitness has completely changed my life and changed my outlook on everything and made me more positive exercise is um yeah i mean it's great for mental health 
I didn't realise that, that the exercise helps the lymphatic system um, and this pumps the fluid around your body to help it flow more effectively which effectively helps happy endorphin endorphins that help you get motivated yeah. and you know help you get on with your day yeah um, I can't stress that enough on here I mean that's all we've I think that's all the guests I've on, uh, had on so far is all, they've all been into fitness and they're alongside mental health I think I've had a, a mental health um, nurse on here and he yeah he stresses exercise cancer in under 50s has risen by 79% in the last I think it was the last 20 years that I, that I read um, with 1 million dying per year do you think this our lifestyle and diet habits are, are contributing to this as obesity is the biggest cause of cancer after smoking do you think that Yes, I, I do think it is to some extent. I mean, um, myself, when I was diagnosed, I thought I was relatively fit and healthy. Yeah. I wasn't overweight. I've never really been overweight, but I still got cancer. Yeah. So for me, it's very frustrating for people to say, you know, that um, obesity and, and, and health and lifestyle is, is the biggest effect because I wouldn't be seen as that statistic, yeah. right? However, I think, yeah, I think when I was diagnosed, you think you're invincible, don't you? Yeah. At, you know, 28 yeah. years old, you think you're invincible, you're going out, you're partying, you're drinking everything, you know, yeah. it, you're living your 20s, you're living life like that. And I think, looking back, I think to myself, wow, you, you thought you were invincible, but you really weren't. And I wish I could tell my 20-something self, you need to be, you need to eat better, you need to exercise more, you need to be more mindful of what you're doing and um so yeah i think i think it's a massive effect mm. i think there's there's lots on social media now about um you know clean eating and diet and um i think i think we all need to be better at that you know cancer is this the stats are so high um and i think i'm i'm definitely more mindful of what i eat and drink these days yeah. and i think it is I think it goes hand in hand with the exercise, right? Health, yeah. health and fitness and lifestyle, everything contributes. And I think the world that we live in is sometimes so toxic that mm. we need to be mindful of everything that we're doing for our bodies. So how has your diet changed? What are you more mindful of, of eating? Um, I'm, I think I'm mindful of everything that I eat now, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, I was always, you know, really slim and could eat what I want. Um, and I remember somebody at work when I was younger calling me fat inside. <laughs> she said, you're fat inside you are because I didn't look mm. like what I ate. And I, I always remember that and I think that was so true. Um, I think I'm, I'm much more mindful of um, you know, eating lots of protein, uh, fruit and vegetables, which I wasn't very good at previously. Um, and I've got a coach at the gym where I go at ETC, Empowerment Training Centre, and she's been amazing. And she's also a menopause coach as well, okay. um, because uh, I am actually in a medically induced menopause, which is okay. a whole different subject <laughs> and probably a whole different podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, but that impacts me quite a lot. Um, you know, I have hot flushes and I have all the symptoms of what comes with menopause and diet can really help with that so um you know lots like i say lots of fruit veg and protein and i'm i'm much more mindful you know instead of going and having a chocolate biscuit or a 
you know, a chocolate bar or have a protein bar instead um, or, you know, a packet of chicken instead. Yeah. So I think I'm much more yeah. mindful of what I eat. And, you know, I, I love cooking now, which I never thought I would. <laughs> and Isla loves to cook as well. Yeah. And I will try at least, you know, two or three times a week to cook with her and yeah. to cook from fresh ingredients and cook from scratch. And it's a really lovely thing to do with her as well. And I find that if she helps me cook she will eat it yeah food's very important we know that but you found that there's foods that are better for people in your situation um i think a lot i read that um any berries are good like strawberries raspberries yeah blackberries really good tomatoes also have got really good cancer fighting properties okay you know um apparently uh, i've heard this from a few people that, that tomatoes have counterfighting properties in them now, i think you get about 20 percent of these properties if you just have them on your salad if you actually cook them in olive oil it actually takes it up to 85 percent wow yeah yeah I, I told that to uh danielle the other day and <laughs> yeah and sometimes she just takes a lot of what i say with a pinch of salt and then she sent me a video of her cooking with tomatoes the other <laughs> day but, yeah that. it's just um just it's just i suppose you've educated yourself a lot more and since you diagnosed I'm talking about the um being fat inside the such things called as skinny fat yeah so like you look at say like a sumo wrestler they're one of the healthiest and fittest people around but they're yeah. overweight so a lot of people that are slim it, sometimes you're actually better off being obese because you can see it on the outside but a lot of that effect was during covid as well when a lot of people thought they was healthy and you know on the outside but on the inside not necessarily so we've all got to be mindful whether we're slim or overweight i think this makes a big impact doesn't it um how do you find the strength on the toughest days Ooh. again other than your daughter <laughs> yeah again other than either um ooh, how do i find strength um well i'll give you an example uh of this week actually um i've had a couple of uh down days this week where i've not felt great i've felt a bit overwhelmed by everything that's that's coming up and um i have struggled to get out of bed you know the winter months creeping in and it's dark and it's cold and you don't want to get out of bed and i think um i always when i get out of that I try and remember how I got out of that and what things I did. And it's silly things like when you get up, put some music on so the house isn't quiet. And it's it sounds really silly, but it makes such a difference. Um, and I've just got into cold water therapy. Okay. So I have an ice bath in my garden and I love it. And I think that it's... It's quite popular on social media at the yes. moment, and I think it's um, it's I don't know. Some people call it a bit of a fad, you know. It's um, Trend, trending, yeah, yeah mm. exactly. Um, but I have really taken it on board, and I really find that it helps. Um, it, I go, I just do two minutes, literally two minutes at five degrees every day, and if I don't do that, I notice it, and if I do, I feel better for it. And I think it's finding those things that help you and help you get through your day and help you find that strength. So whether it's, um, like I say, putting some music on or it's 
you know, having an extra glass of water before you have your morning coffee. Things like that help the mind. And I think for the cold water therapy, not only the physical benefits, but the mental benefits, because I say to myself, you need to get in that cold water and it's hard it's really hard but once you're in it and once you've done it you feel so good and it's remembering to to do that and that that helps um so you know whether it's um some people like journaling and they like writing things down i i love a list and so i'll write bullet points and i'll have things on my phone and if i'm feeling in that dark place that is such a slippery slope that i have been in all those years ago that i struggled to get out of i've got some notes that that say you know this is what you need to do and i now know what i need to do to to get that strength and to to pull through to keep yourself motivated yeah, yeah. does that answer the question yeah it does i mean i actually had that um because danielle my partner she told me that you was into your cold therapy um and i've never done a cold plunge I don't know. I'll do cold showers every day. I'll make sure I do cold oh, showers every so day. Oh, so you'd be fine. Yeah. So I know the benefits, you know, with the endorphins. And, and I didn't know this until I researched it this morning. Um, a recent study that they did in August suggests that the cold exposure could, is, could be a game changer to fight against cancer. Yeah, I read um, that as well. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. See, the, what I like is that you're, you've educated yourself so much on things... I like what you said earlier, you could have let it swallow you up, but it, what I like about you, you've got that determination and it's, you know, not just to help other people and it's, you're helping yourself in which you, then you can inflict that same sort of wisdom, that same wisdom on other people and I just think, yeah, it's very, it's very inspiring. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I've not done the cold plunge yet, I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> I've got a friend who was actually on the podcast and he's got a home sauna at home Um obviously home sauna at home <laughs> and he's got a cold plunge and he said you got because i'll keep bugging him to come around i haven't i haven't plucked up the courage yet but he said you've got to come around before it gets too cold else you ain't gonna you know it's gonna put you off so yeah that's on the that's on the list but definitely on the list yeah. i would recommend it our shower at home doesn't get cold enough now so when i go to the gym theirs gets really cold so i'll make sure that i do it there i mean that one's just the breeze now it's, it's yeah so I'm, I'm slowly getting there yeah you'll get there slowly getting there um, what advice would you give to someone going through this through similar challenges? To somebody going through a cancer yeah. journey? Oh, lots of advice. How long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I think... What would be your top, top advice? I think or, yeah. when you go through a cancer diagnosis, you just go through it. And you just get through your treatment and you go into that fight or flight mode and mm. you get through it. My biggest advice is that it's after that where you need the help yeah i think when when you're going through it you'll have so many people come out the woodworks and they'll come and they'll disappear you'll have friends that you thought you could rely on that you can no longer rely on lots of things will change um and you know i used to think oh no it hasn't changed me and we always think and look at pictures and we think oh i wish i looked like that again or i wish i was like that again but you would never be like that and you would never be like that even if you didn't have a cancer diagnosis or a life-threatening illness because people change and people evolve and if you're not evolving you're not you're not getting better mm. and i think it a cancer diagnosis will will change you um and there's there's no doubt about that but it's how 
you come out of it better and stronger and if you can find that strength and that determination in you and use it as a positive you will you will come out of it better stronger that's what i believe and so my biggest biggest advice is um to get that help after your treatment because you will get through your treatment you have to and you go into fight fight or flight but it's the aftermath that you go down Mm. and that's what i experienced and i think the advice that i would give is make sure you surround yourself with people that you know you want to surround yourself with and who make you better and who build you up um, I love the um, analogy of spoons so people that give you spoons you only have a certain amount of spoons in a day and if you're with people that take your spoons you don't have enough spoons be with people that give you spoons I like that I've never heard that before I like <laughs> that but that, that I mean that's just not really something somebody going through your situation I mean that's just life in general that you should surround yourself with people that don't drain your energy that actually you know contribute you know give you something I know it's quite selfish you know you don't give to receive but you need that back and forth you know we all have people that you can feel their energy when they walk you know when they Mm -hmm. walk into the room and they're the type of people that yeah you want to be around can you share some of the most meaningful moments or experiences you have had with your family um, when I found out I was pregnant, <laughs> which yeah. was spoken about. Um, when Joe proposed, he proposed in my most favourite place in the world, which was Lake Tahoe, um, which is incredible. Um, I tell you, a recent meaningful experience was uh, we got the opportunity to go to Disneyland Paris, oh, which yeah. was just, sounds cheesy, but it really is magical. It really, really is magical. And oh, I just will never forget that trip. That was just, we were kind of in our own little bubble of happiness. And yeah, I think um, if you get the opportunity to go, whatever age you are, it's magical. Mm. Um, How has your husband been coping with this all? Yeah, so I think um, it's sometimes even harder for your partners when you're going through a cancer journey. Um, He is super strong. He's my absolute rock and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him and he's pulled me through some really dark times and we've we've gone through a lot together we've been together 10 years married five and I think what we've experienced some people don't in a in a lifetime (laughs) and I think it has just only made us stronger um he is an incredible human being and I he makes me a better person and I make him a better person. I think we're the best team. Um, and I think the the biggest thing is that we talk and we talk about everything. And, you know, we speak all the time, you know, um, and he's my best friend. Yeah. And, he gives um, you spoons. He does. He <laughs> gives me the most amount of spoons. I'm going to get it for now. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, it, it's been super hard for him obviously um seeing your wife you know be in so much pain and feeling helpless because you can't do anything for her must must be the most the worst thing in the world is all i can liken it to um but you know we are just there for each other and yeah we just i think talking is is what's got us through it and you know we 
we talk and then we talk more and when we go to bed we just talk and then we should like we should be asleep <laughs> you know when you get into a conversation yeah. and then um, yeah and I think I think that's the biggest thing for us is that we yeah we're just so so strong yeah that's good it's, I mean a lot I mean obviously you're going through what you're going through but a lot of people sort of forget that the partner is also going through it and and, and as a male when you can't do anything to help you know we're we're helpers you know it's, it's in our you know right back from caveman that's what we've done and it's to be in that situation where you can't help must be horrible i mean how does he um what step does he take to control his his mental health or does he take any steps to to help himself yeah he does um so he he is at the same gym as me mm. empowerment training center he's been there longer than me um and is tried to get me to join for years um yeah so he his form of release is exercise um and going to the gym and I think that community there is really good for him as well um he also likes to he'll probably kill me for this (laughs) but he likes to game yeah you know like playstation or whatever it is and you know he got into it through lockdown yeah because um as a group of guys as you know you know you go down the pub and you have a drink and you chat Mm. but you couldn't do that through COVID so what they ended up doing was they all ended up gaming with the headset because that's their way of talking and um, yeah it, it, that, that was really good for him I think so yeah. it's just again like I say it's just finding that something that helps you switch off I think you know gaming is a bit like you, you're only concentrated on that game right it's like Be present, uh, being present exactly yeah. it's like with the cold water therapy your mind is focused on I'm cold, I'm cold, yeah. and you go into that. Need to help my body. I'm cold, and you don't think about anything else. Yeah. And from a mind point of view, that's brilliant. Yeah, but being present. Yeah, you're not thinking about the shopping that while you're in your cold. You're just yeah, thinking about breathing exactly. and getting through it. Yeah, and and for me, I'm not thinking about cancer. And for no. Joe, you know, he's not thinking. My wife has cancer. He's yeah. he's concentrating on something else. And I think that's really good. It's really important. There's a I don't know if you've heard of him. There's a bloke that um, called Mo Gorda. He's classed as the happiness expert. And he says that about doing something um, every day that puts you in a flow state, so where you don't look at the time. Time is no relevance. Um, and yeah, you're just there, present in that state. So it's nice that you're both taking steps to do that. And I think a lot of people need to do more. Like, I, I think I said it last week, one of mine is um, colouring with my daughter. Oh, so yeah. me and her will colour. And I'm not, we've got music on. I'm not thinking about anything else. So it's that, you know, all I'm thinking about is colour, you know, not the shopping, not the housework, we know whatever needs to be done, it's just, and I think we need to do more of that. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, what advice would you give to other partners of someone who is going through the same? Ooh, um, make sure you're talking, make sure yeah. you have people to talk to, and don't bottom anything up. Easier said than done, I yeah. know, but make sure you're talking to your partner about it, um, all, all the time, you know, you're you're going to be there for your partner. That's a given. Um, but I think just having people that you can lean on, having people that can just support you the best. So again, find people that give you spoons. I like that. Yeah. You? <laughs> you're yeah. going to steal that one now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I will do. Yeah. Um, how has your priorities and goals changed? Yes, they have changed. Um, I, so I mentioned I'm a business owner, so um, I used to, I've been in events for 
since as long as I can remember, uh, corporate events. I used to travel quite a lot. Um, I've been in fairly stressful jobs. Um, and I think when I was diagnosed, I decided that I needed to do something completely different, uh, less stress. So I went and worked in a bridal shop with wedding dresses, which was just lovely. <laughs> Uh, didn't pay very well but it was lovely and it was very good for my mental health and off the back of that I then started up my own business well I I went freelance basically for events um still doing the corporate events and things um did the wedding dress shop on the side and then gradually concentrated on weddings as opposed to the stressful events that I used to do obviously weddings is still yeah. stressful because it's an important um event for, for somebody but um, I just enjoyed it more and kind of focused on that rather than the extreme stress that I was put under before um, so yeah so that kind of was a work priority that had kind of changed and then um, I, I suppose your question was about priorities changing I think um, you know it's Sunday so self-care Sunday yeah. I think um as women as well we I certainly was always putting everybody first um making sure that everybody is okay um because I'm a people pleaser by nature and I would always put everybody else first but I'm getting better at making time for myself and I'm getting better at saying no and I think that's really important um because I would always agree to everything and jam my day with 500 things and then be completely burnt out and I can't do that now I I have to listen to my body and I have to do things for me because it's that I'll give you another analogy now so (laughs) it's when you're on an airplane and they tell you to put your life jacket on first and I think you need to take that through to life because you can't help somebody if you are not right yourself and it's like with the dating thing, you won't find somebody unless you are in love with yourself. And I've got a, a couple of friends that are, are single in this day and age where social media and dating apps are just awful. But I always say to them, you need to love yourself before you can love anybody else. So you're not going to find anybody if you're not in love with yourself and happy in yourself, because that will effectively draw other people to you so I think it's that analogy of yeah look after yourself first because then you can be the best version of yourself um, are there any specific dreams and or goals that you're still determined to achieve um, yes so I have uh, a challenge coming up okay tell me more <laughs> um, which I it's in actually two weeks today I'm doing a huge challenge uh, I don't know if you've heard of High Rocks. So High Rocks is a um, fitness competition mm. and it is worldwide. And it's a fitness a strength and endurance competition where you complete uh, eight kilometres of running interspersed with exercises such as a sled push, a wall ball, uh, lunges, farmer's carry, uh, pulling the sled. It's a lot. it's a lot um and i decided in march i think it was march or april time that i wanted to compete in the challenge to raise money 
it's a huge, huge challenge. <laughs> Very out of my comfort zone. I only just joined a gym in December of last year and I hadn't really done anything like it before. Um, and the, the purpose of it is to empower others that are living with cancer um, to do the same as I've done, to empower them through exercise. Because what I've found is throughout my diagnosis and my cancer journey, exercise and fitness isn't pushed. Yeah. From a hospital oncologist point of view, um, they don't push fitness and exercise. Now, they are very, very good at medication and at clinical, obviously, um, but they don't push the fitness side of things. So I am really passionate about it and I really want to help others get into exercise because I believe that it saved my life really um you know I spoke about that's how yeah. I've kind of come out the other side um so yeah so that's the aim is to to kind of fight the taboo and step out of our comfort zones break down those barriers and just find that strength um yeah so that's kind of what I'm doing so the aim is to set up a charity Okay. Uh, my own charity yeah. so that focuses on helping people living with cancer find fitness um, because we all know that joining a gym is expensive um, you know so whether it be helping fund them for a gym membership or a yoga class or you know um, sending them to cold water therapy I don't know yeah. I haven't really um, found the specifics and the parameters yet um the goal is just to raise as much money as i can to then help others um, so my target yeah. was to raise twenty five thousand, yeah. which i already hit <laughs> yes wow. um so i'm currently at twenty six thousand three hundred. i think as of what's the date today 12th of november so i'm two weeks out so my challenge is the 26th of november in london at the xl uh, anybody can come and watch and I will be probably in a whole world of pain <laughs> did you ever imagine that you'd be able to do anything like this never never and you know if anybody's listening I hope this can reach some people going through a cancer diagnosis because if I'd if you'd told me that I'd be speaking about this last year I would have laughed in your face mm. because this time last year I was just starting the gym but rewind maybe a couple of months before that and I probably couldn't even walk up the stairs um, I was on my I was having treatment mm. chemotherapy um, but it got to the point where I was so breathless with the cancerous fluid on my lung that I couldn't even walk up the stairs you know and a year later I'm at a gym you know lifting weights <laughs> which I never thought I would do but it's so frustrating because my cancer is in my bones but no oncologist would say to me well go and strengthen your bones yeah. go and you know lift some weights in a gym because that will help your bone density you know nobody has said that and I think that's the most frustrating thing and I'm so passionate I just want to help others get to where I am today where I'm living my best life and I'm I'm fitter stronger healthier than I've ever been mm. I'm pretty frustrated with things like that because not only like we spoke about it earlier, not only is, is fitness good for your bones, your muscles and everything, it's your mental health as well. And it's like, it's not pushed enough. You know, somebody goes to the doctors because they're feeling depressed, it's I'll take a tablet and it's not like... It's not the answer. No, they don't try and uncover the problem or, or you know, suggest other avenues. It's 
And it, yeah, it does. It <laughs> frustrates me a lot. What life lessons have you learnt that you wish to pass on to your daughter? Oh, so many, so <laughs> many. I could write a book. I think <laughs> that'll be the next thing, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always joke and I say, um, you know, people say, "Oh, I'm going. I'm writing my story." And I say, I'm on my second novel. Mm. <laughs> so I've been through so much. Um, but I think, yeah, life lessons every day, right? In everyday yeah. life, I think I'm I'm striving to be better every day. And I am trying to pass that on to Isla to be the best version of herself. Um, Your daughter watching you. It must be just you know that's just you don't you don't even need to say anything to her technically really do you yeah, you know what hopefully. you're doing is is you know making the impression I for hope so. for her yeah I really hope so and she said to me the other day mummy you're so strong you lifted Maisie out the car oh, <laughs> we've got a Labrador and um, I, I lifted her out the car I don't know why um, and then into the house and um, it's just like things like that and yeah. she's noticed that I'm stronger because I'm going to the gym. Yeah. Um, you know, she she's so young. She's only four, so yeah. she doesn't understand what I'm going through, and we don't we don't talk no. about it. But she does know that I have blood tests quite often, yeah. and I think it's important that she knows that. And I take her to have my blood test yeah. now because, you know, I'm showing it doesn't hurt. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and you know, mummy has blood tests, and mummy has some tablets to take that make her feel better. And um, I think it's just gradually getting her savvy with that if you like um because she knows that if she has a blood test in the future it's not going to be scary yeah. and that mummy has it mummy has it yeah yeah that's that brilliant so i as much as i want to shield her from what i'm going through because she won't understand at the yeah. moment i think it's still good to expose her to some of yeah. it oh definitely yeah I mean, we, we can't show them too much can we um have you connected with any support groups or organizations that have been helpful yeah, there, there are quite a few in Northampton. There's a, a great one called uh, Breast Friends Northampton, and mm. that's for um, women going through breast cancer. Um, so there are lots of things. Macmillan are great. Macmillan offer a lot of support groups. Um, the only thing that I have found is that I was so young, and everybody in the support groups are twice my age. Mm. Um, so that has been quite challenging. Um, so again, through creating my charity that I'm aiming to do I'm aiming to target those target those younger people yeah. as well so that there is somewhere for them to go to as well yeah well obviously that it is getting more common in in younger lastly I'm not going to keep you too much longer what advice would you give to your younger self oh advice to if little Victoria self. was here now <laughs> what advice would you give her so much advice <laughs> so much I would say I would say look after yourself better eat better remember you're not invincible would be my most advice I think remember you're not invincible and life is so precious and your body is so precious and just look after it and appreciate it um because you don't know what health is until you lose it. Mm. Your health is the most important, most powerful thing you can have. And when you don't have your health... Got nothing. Yeah. It's these silent illnesses that are the problem. You know, there's things that take... You know, you can, like you say, you can be invincible and do something early on in your life that's gonna, not going to take effect until 20, 30 years down the line. You know, smoking and, you know... 
stuff like that. It's nice to know that the government actually, I think they've done over their passes now that the government have said that anybody born after the 2009, I think it is, can no longer, can't buy cigarettes. That's good. Yeah. So, you know, it's something that needs to be brought in. With, yeah, I mean, with, I never smoked. Yeah. Never smoked, never did drugs, never did anything really bad, and I still got cancer. Yeah, it's, um, it's just one of those things. Um, but I, I am a big believer in that everything happens for a reason. Yeah, and I was given this illness to help others. Yeah, all what you're doing, like you say, you've turned it into a positive. It's would you be doing it if not? So you know, it's changed your life in a good way. It has in that way. I will put all the links in the description for your wedding events your high rocks and your charity thank you and um, i just want to thank you um you're truly an inspiration and thank you for taking the time to speak to me um i know time's precious oh, and i can't you. thank you enough thank you so, so much it was great to meet you properly and chat with you well that was the end of the episode and i want to thank you for listening i hope you took some from our conversation today please follow or subscribe the link to the instagram page will be in the description Please feel free to DM me if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast.